0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by HardcoreHusky.com, covering Washington Huskies football with message boards full of debauchery and childlike wonder. Folks who are well-known in cyberland and not that dumb, except for our little Fudgy, who is wrong about everything. So come join the gang and register today for free at HardcoreHusky.com. And now it's time for the show. Another
1: one. Be the
2: best. I'm out. Because uh, you're like, oh yeah, you're the fucking beaver. Uh, you're like Coop, but
3: worse.
0: Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a color man. You know I always make those interesting comments during the game? Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. The
1: weather is perfect. The field is fast at the Rose Bowl for tonight's ball
0: game. So, what
4: what can you say? Fifty-two to (laughs) six, and uh, Joey, you had predicted forty-four to six. So that was pretty good. I thought we, I thought we would give up about twenty points.
1: I was wondering when I was gonna get the credit I was uh you know <laughs> the credit I was due. You know.
3: <laughs> that defensive
1: that you're sitting there not the, which, the board.
3: <laughs> 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 no. No, I didn't even I, I didn't even
1: look at the uh I, I barely clicked on the, has the thread. And, yeah, you sons of bitches. I I I don't think I'd clicked on the <laughs> Portland State game thread since like I don't know page 4. I don't I don't even know what it's up to now.
4: Well, you can get that high. I don't something. even I don't know. Even, you know, I'll say, off the top of my head, I'll say 10 pages, but I don't know. It wasn't very much.
1: Uh compared to usual. Well, if if uh if they're If their receivers, eh, it was a couple bad throws, but if Portland State's receivers could, you know, judge where the ball was going at all,
3: I don't know, man. I
1: don't know. Our corners got burned, dude. They got fucking burned a couple times. It didn't look very good, you know.
3: Mm Hmm.
1: Um. I I mean, their their defense. I mean, their defense gave up. So, I mean, I I guess if if they had a legit quarterback, um, yeah, they could have scored. They could have put 20 to 30 points on the board yesterday. But, you know, their defense kind of gave up against our offense. So, I mean, eventually they would have gotten, you know, our eventually the Huskies would have got, I don't know, put up 60 or 70 on them if they had to. So, I mean, it was never going to get – never going to
4: get close. Yeah, Portland State seemed more interested in running out the clock in the fourth quarter than the Husky offense did. Mm-hmm. Sure. And the thing that I like, too, like just to compare it to, say, I uh, uh, hate to say Don James, but I, what I like better that Devore does, though, is that when he brings the backups in, he's not trying to run up the score, but he's still running plays and throwing intermediate routes and short passes, and Giving his backup some uh, meaningful experience instead of just, you know, having uh, whoever the backup QB was back in the day, they just hand off to the running back and run up the middle to help run out the clock or whatever. Um, so I like I like the fact that uh, he does that.
2: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Willie, like you got the, anything uh, to
3: say?
2: <laughs> oh. yeah, I don't have anything. I I don't have anything eye opening, but. Uh... I have a friend who played for Portland state and I feel like I remember him saying that there's like, you know, sometimes in your team like that, you, you know, they're collecting their paycheck. You go in and you're like, do I want to get hurt? Or do I want (laughs) to, or do I want to try to compete here? (laughs) And Portland state is, I think of the Northwest, you know, big sky school, that's the one that generally, you know, they come in for their check and they, they, they they don't want to get hurt. Uh, I think especially too, you know, you can get up on them early and uh, pull away. I think a lot of those teams are just kind of like, okay, I'd rather save my knee and my uh, uh, my shoulder for uh, conference play rather than you know make make this game be forty two to seventeen as opposed to you know what it ended up being. So I, not a whole lot. I mean, it looked good.
1: Yeah, that that same friend, that same friend was telling us back in late June when we were all at a wedding that Nigel Burton. Like the worst person in the world. <laughs> really? Uh, he went a yeah, long, think, long rant against Nigel Burton. Yeah, yeah. Cause I think. Can you give him the uh, uh, the highlights? He he got recruited, I think, by Glanville, right?
2: Uh, that's a good question. Think, did he get? I think he did find wow. Glanville. Yeah.
1: I think I think he got recruited by Glanville, and then and then like <laughs> Nigel Burton took over. Um, you know, and yeah, he, uh, yeah, he's de- not the most glowing things to say about Nigel Burton. So, not a good. Dude. I mean, can but, you? What, uh, you, don't, but, you don't even have to what, do direct quotes, my... but can you just? Can you just give an idea though? Like,
4: is he like gruff and difficult, or very disorganized, or
1: allegedly, or uh, uh, difficult? Uh, I mean, there. I mean, I think there was rumors. You know like some philandering and and that apparently is true, so it's not a okay. not a like not a good dude overall, but i yeah i mean um, yeah, do we want to throw the legal disclaimer out <laughs> i don't really oh no i just hundred percent sure like but yeah
4: no no, no no, that's enough i just i just wonder where what direction that was was you know was trending there, so
1: I mean that. That that was like I remember that being rumored on on the Duke Man board back when uh, what was it 2012 or something when we played them at uh at what was then Century Link or whatever I think it was 2012. So
4: well, my tenure yeah. at Dog Man had ended by then, so
1: I have not frequented yeah. those boards. So yeah, um, yeah, any. Uh, Anyways, um, did uh, anybody happen to catch any of the late games last night?
4: I only heard about the Oregon State Fresno State game, which sounded amazing. But
1: great, great game! Uh, BYU versus Baylor was a great game. Um, Well, Arizona and Mississippi State was pretty good till late in the third quarter. It was a good game. Um, By the way, I want to say... One, oh, oh, Georgia Southern port, beating spent, Nebraska was a great game.
4: We spent four yeah. minutes on the Portland State game, two minutes hemming and hawing about Nigel Burton, and now we're going nationwide. We'll <laughs> get to <the> Michigan State. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I'm just... No, 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 no. I'm alluding to how Portland State was so insignificant. <laughs> <laughs> we're, oh. we're already we're already talking about Southern Mississippi or whatever you're just saying. So, but uh, yeah, but what, but
1: anyways, go what
3: can you what can you read
1: it? What can you really read into that game? It's like you, I, I'm sitting on a couch yesterday. First of all, I'm not even compelled to go. I I I wasn't going to go to the game because you know my children had both had games, but those got canceled because of the air quality, and so I had an opportunity to go to the game, and I just I had no no desire to go to that game, and then I sat on a couch um, at Wooly Duke's uh, parents' house, and I just sat there watching the game, and every touchdown the Huskies scored, I, I didn't even, like – I mean, it was – didn't even move the needle because, you know, because of the opponent. It it was just right away it, – it was just too – it was – if you thought Kent State was easy, I mean, this was, you know, even easier. So, Well, it seemed like
4: it was like a seven-on-five kind of passing drill type of thing. So,
1: Yeah, I mean, the two games in a row they've had every single pass play they throw out there. Uh, they've had, like, two guys running, you know, running wide open with, you know, at least three yards of separation. I mean, it's yeah, – I mean, I hope it – I hope it continues into Michigan state, you know, um, I've noticed they've given, they've given Michigan state a lot of, uh, a lot of film work to do because, you know, they, I didn't notice a lot of bunch formations in the first game. And then yesterday or yeah, yesterday they started throwing out a bunch of, you know, bunch formations, you know, and they've got, now they've got two trick plays, uh, Two trick plays for teams to prepare against, and I know they're throwing out a lot of stuff where you've got to consume a lot of practice time to, you know, stop the stop our uh,
2: the Husky offense. It's a far cry <laughs> from from last year,
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. 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 where I felt like, well, they they run up the middle and they run kind of off tackle maybe, then they. Throw some really slow developing, uh, uh, like uh, cluttered routes, and that was like it. And you were like, "Oh, maybe they're saving it all for," uh, <laughs> they're saving it all for Michigan or for Pac-12. Like, nope that that was what they had, uh, <laughs> and it didn't work. <laughs> so that was not the case. I mean, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about Portland State, but I mean, best case scenario, pretty much that was it. I don't think anyone got hurt. Uh, you know, and they they blew out Portland State and got, a lot of guys got reps and they probably put some good stuff on tape for Michigan State to think about.
4: Well, there was one interesting point that Road Dog made. He was refuting something that I said on the boards, and uh, I still partially stand by what I was saying was that I think that um, we're going to – the Husky office is going to, uh, at some point, maybe as soon as this Saturday – um when they try to run the ball against a much better defense, they're gonna find themselves being stonewalled. Penix is gonna see pressure on a level he hasn't seen before. And and then that's when the rubber meets the road and we really see what this team's about. Road dog refuted what I said and I and I thought it was a really good comment and I partially agree. He said though that we're not gonna take the John Donovan route where we continue to like just try to run right up the middle and do whatever they're you know, but he didn't say eight-man front, but it's like the other team could set up an eight-man front. We would still try to run up the middle with probably with McGrew or something. So um, we're we're in a different era now where we're going to uh, certainly try to counterbalance what the other side is doing and be much more effective in, in doing that and try to play to our strengths and not our weaknesses. So we can certainly offset... Um, uh, some of that, but we don't have dynamic running backs, to say the least. We don't have guys like a uh, uh, Miles Gaskin who's going to get two, three, four yards on his own. Um, even though I, I think the, the the running back Wayne, uh, we come to Papa. How do you say his last name? Talau Papa or Tal- Talia Papa? Talapapa? Tal- Tal- Papa? Tell you? He's Tal- a functional Papa, yeah, back. Yeah. Looks durable. Yeah, he's fine. Looks like he. But he, but he's not a guy that's going to win a game for you, you know. So um, anyway, so that no, that, he's that,
1: not like not like breakaway speed or anything, um, and not
4: even all that strong. But he's a good back. He's 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 you know he's worth ten carries a game.
3: But you know, I believe he's so we'll better see. than
2: Richard Newton.
3: <laughs> you know, correct. <laughs>
1: you know, well, did I don't know if you noticed, but Newton was. Uh, not as like not as boisterous yesterday. Um and he didn't like uh yeah, he wasn't like as he wasn't as aggravating as as uh I remember him being yesterday. You're watching him <laughs> and you're like okay, you're still not making a guy like you're not really shifty and making a guy miss, but you're not you're not getting up like you almost broke away a long run. You know, after running over a guy and getting tackled, you know, it's like, (laughs) like, oh, okay, you're just getting back up and going to the, okay, okay, all right, all right, you're, you're being tolerable now. Um, Yeah, they have like four. They have like four average backs. I I kind of like that Will Nixon guy.
3: Yeah, kind
4: of like he's he's got a lot lot of reps, but yeah. seems yeah, like he's, he's in like a better their, role he's, now
1: he's like the guy that remember uh Kimball Taylor where always you know you're always hearing like oh Kendall Taylor he's gonna be like this uh this hybrid tailback you know wide out and then um he probably had like eight catches as a career <laughs> <I don't,
3: laughs> before he, he sold his couch. Under,
1: <laughs> and before he sold his couch he had like an extremely <laughs> underwhelming career you know it was like uh, Kendall Taylor, yeah. Um, I think uh, Giles Jackson had a good game yesterday. About he ran against Portland State, and he got ran down. That was something I wanted to. <laughs> he got ran down. He was in the open field, and and I was like, man, Chico would have outran everybody and scored there. You know, as much as we shit on, sure. as much as we shit on Chico. It was like Chico would outran those guys. There was, I can't remember when when it what. How, God, was it late second quarter or something like that? I don't know. It didn't matter. They ended up scoring on the drive, but it was like they like fuck, come on, man.
4: You know, Joey. Uh, something yeah. here, you know the 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 Portland State quarterback Dante Shacher, I think is how you say his name. Yeah. And it's funny It's funny how perception can kind of be different from reality because you and I were texting a little bit during the game, and he broke free for like a 20-yard run, and we were like, oh, here we go. Here we go. We're going to make a career yeah. day out of uh, somebody and stuff. His net total, well, granted, he got sacked a few times. He ran the ball seven times for five yards.
1: Yeah, yeah a long 20. <laughs> I just yep.
4: pulled it up. Isn't that something?
1: You see his uh you see his passing numbers.
4: Yep, 6 of 17 for 50.
1: Yeah, uh, 2.9 average per attempt.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. I mean yeah, it, those receivers they they got open though. I, I don't it is, yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, against, uh, Michigan state, I don't think Michigan state is, I don't think they're offensively that, you know, that impressive. They, uh, I think they, I think they had it, had it tough, uh, the first week against, you know, one of the directional Michigan schools. And then, uh, and then they, they took it out on Akron yesterday against, you know, worse Mac team and, uh, I think they took it out. They probably opened up the playbook, too. So.
4: Well, uh, Michigan State is bound to have a much stronger, better, tougher offensive line than either of our first two opponents. Um, so, again, that'll be, uh, that'll be a true test to see what the interior of our defense is going to be like when coming face-to-face with that. I'm not saying that, obviously, Michigan State is, you know, the replica of 94 Nebraska or something. Speaking of Nebraska, but um, you know, well, we'll, Michigan we'll, we'll know State. A lot.
1: Michigan State's offense yesterday was all on the run. Uh, all on the run game. I mean, their their uh, their quarterback threw like two interceptions yesterday and no touchdowns. So I'm not. Uh,
4: well, yeah, but I mean, if if they're yeah, pounding up the know. middle on us, and we have to bring up a safety and all that. Now, now our, our cornerbacks could be exposed, and that would be my only concern going into this game. I'd like right. to think that we should win by three or seven, you know, but we'll see. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: Whoa, well, they—they yeah. uh, had like a, Akron fumbled the ball like like eight times yesterday. Holy shit! Yeah. Wow. No, they fumbled six times. They fumbled. Akron fumbled six times and lost four of them.
3: Mm. Jeez. Huh.
2: Yeah, I really don't know much. I. It's kind of a weird game where I wouldn't be totally shocked uh, by about almost anything with Michigan State. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I if I. I I think a text Joey probably the most dugue feeling of you know. I would not be totally shocked if it was kind of like a, all you saw was purple 2016 Stanford game where Michigan State's pretty overrated, uh, but they're ranked kind of high and they're kind of a basic team and I I kind of question them, uh, but I also would not be shocked if Husky lead by like 17 and they, they they between the tackles can't can't get it done against you know a a team that's been doing it for a while, that's, that's pretty physical. I mean, that's, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I posted, you know, earlier about uh, agreeing with your take that they're going to lose, they're going to lose games because they just can't, they can't do anything between the tackles and that's going to force them to be one dimensional and that's not going to work. I mean, I think they will be better. I think they got a lot more going on than like it was the 2002 Huskies, but that was a team that had good receivers, good quarterback, and they could move the ball through the air, but they absolutely could not run, especially between the tackles. And then that just made it so uh, to, was easy to defend them. Super one dimensional. Absolutely. Oh, do you guys so, yeah, remember the '97 Nebraska game? I was there. Yeah. I, uh, d-
4: uh, yeah. So Nebraska won twenty-seven to fourteen. Uh, I remember Amon Green disappearing into the fog on a long run early on. I think. <laughs> um, um, but the, the the point of bringing that up is that Willie, you said a minute ago, you know, you could see the all I saw was purple game from nineteen ninety, where everybody's hyped and we come out and completely blow them out and make a statement. And I can I can see that. I don't know it'll be thirty-one to nothing, but I you know we'll get. <laughs> We'll give them some points, but um, – or, you know, the flip side would be the Nebraska game where everybody came out all hyped for that and we lost by 13, and it was a feeling of uh, kind of like, oh, okay, we're not – we don't quite measure up. And we're not quite where we thought we were. And uh, so, yeah, both of those are possibilities here.
2: Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, uh, I think that's a good comparison. I think on a different level where I think – that Washington, that Nebraska team, it was like, are the Huskies the best national title contender? No, Nebraska was. This, I think, would be more like – there's potential the Huskies, to me, are like a top – somewhere between number 10 and number 20, and Michigan State probably is the same way. And that could be the case, but it also could be that the Huskies are somewhere between 30 and 40, and they lose by – yeah, by 14. They're just not quite on the level of – the team they're playing, even in Husky Stadium. Uh, So I, my gut tells me they're going to lose by like seven or something, and it's going to be kind of a kind of a grinded out game. I think Michigan State's just going to really want to get a lead and kind of just do a traditional old school Big Ten thing, and the Huskies won't be able to match that uh, between the tackles, but you know, that's my best guess. Yeah, but it's it's very possible Michigan State is not prepared for, you know, the, the DeBoer attack with Penix and the receivers too. Uh, but I I don't know. I'm just – I'm very worried about the interior of both both lines for the Huskies, especially in a matchup like this.
4: And I, I sense that DeBoer is very concerned about that too.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that the idea that they might be able to actually outscore people is Really refreshing, uh, but I also do have fears of not only getting beat up the middle, but then all of a sudden they they go deep for a 48 yard touchdown a couple of times that really breaks the back because the corners just aren't that good. Uh, that's my other fear of I, they got some warts I think and they got some kinks to work out uh, and they could definitely get exposed. Uh, so our biggest but our bit. Our biggest fear is that the
4: Michigan State quarterback will end the day 7 of 10 for 225 yards (laughs) and three TDs.
3: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) you could maybe make that –
2: yeah, maybe – even if it's like for 120, but he has three TDs, I could see that. I could see that where they just pound and pound and pound, but then they're like, these corners suck, and then they're going to sucker him in, and then kind of like Akron, Kent State did. That first game where they beat Powell down the down the sideline, I, I could I could definitely see that happening two and a half times. Is my, my biggest odds are they give up two <laughs> and a half long touchdown passes right when you think they they figured out their their the Michigan State's run game. If you think
1: about it, yesterday could have been the best thing to uh, happen to the secondary, though you know, uh, an inferior opponent mm. and and then they get to review the film, you know, and at least they won the game by, you know, 46 points, you know, but at least, you know, the coaches can, can, you know, pull in every single defensive back and humble their ass and they'll be like, you know, uh, Hey, if, if half of you wasn't hurt, you'd all be benched. So, um, <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd, I'd wake up now. Uh, cause you know, next week's not going to be as hard. There's, there's, um, you know, a couple pros and cons like the, uh, the quarterback for Michigan state, uh, doesn't appear as far as the last two weeks doesn't appear to be, you know, a real running threat, which is what we've, uh, what we've been saying is like, you know, Husky poison as a mobile, you know, mobile quarterback, um, he he does. He, I mean, I'm sure he can run, but um, yesterday didn't he didn't run, you know, run at all, you know. And neither did uh, neither did Penix. I guess didn't really move around, but. Uh,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah, but the the other the the other con is like, yeah, you've got a team that's probably reliant on the run, um, in Michigan State, and you know our linebackers. Pretty fucking small, um, except for Tupatala. I mean, they're they're pretty undersized. I don't, I don't know what they have. Cam Bright listed as, but he doesn't look he doesn't look over two fifteen,
4: two twenty. No, no, no. I mean, no.
1: same same as Mole, that Mole guy or whatever. He he doesn't look. He doesn't. Look, I mean, Dom Hampton looks way bigger than those guys, you know, and. And especially when they put Drew Fowler out on the field, my God, oh, he looks like he looks like he's five ten, like two oh five. I mean, it's you know, linebackers still, linebackers still, uh, you know, a position of uh, you know, anxiety, looking at it, so. Waiting for Eddie Ulobosio to come back, desperately. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah. Going to be a long wait on that one.
4: So Trice had one and a half sacks and two and a half tackles for loss. And Tupalala had uh, one sack. And let's see, Boy had a sack. Martin had half a sack. He hasn't really been much of a presence yet, but and, and maybe it's the fact he's from Texas and I'm giving him too much credit, but I'm I'm hoping he's gonna be able to help bolster that position. But
1: I think he's he, just like he's probably one of those like uh assignment guys where he, he doesn't he doesn't fuck anything up. He's not like a boomer bust like you know, what, remember when like Cooper McDonald would be playing all the time? And you're like You're like, what the fuck are we doing playing Cooper McDonald? You know, what why is he starting out there on the edge? And uh, who was the, the uh who was the tight end that moved the defensive end? Um Evan uh Evan something Hudson? or uh
3: Hudson. Evan, Hudson. Evan Hudson. Yeah,
1: you're like you're like he doesn't he maybe gets one tackle a game, <laughs> but he's out there, he's playing like, he's playing like 60 snaps a game. And you're like, why, why is he out there? But I don't know. They got, I just like, they're like, it's like this husky thing of the last 20 years. Like we just need one guy on defense to just, just hold a block, just hold your block. And don't let him move you. But even if you don't move him, just don't let him move you. Just stay there, you know. And we just we just have one guy every year that is like that. We, we go from like uh, Talia Crichton to Evan Hudson to I don't know, but uh, Pat, uh, Cooper O'Brien to like, like Cooper McDonald. Uh, now, we well, got, like now we got now we got Jeremiah Martin. We got these guys that. Uh, that just go you get, you hoot, hoot and holler all fucking, you know, warm up and then go get blocked all day. Like that, that's, you know, we got, we got one guy. Yeah.
2: Martin at least like Martin at least looks big to me. I would say the same with small too, you know, especially in person. I feel like I looked at, look, I looked, when I saw Martin and small Then Trice. Trice looks gigantic. Uh, in person, I thought those guys looked at least physically a big, big improvement from Cooper McDonald and, you know, that ilk of, uh, and, and, and yeah, I think Martin's looked okay. I think particularly against the run because I think he's bigger. Uh, I, I think Tamani was another quietly, he was like a decent recruit. So no one kind of labeled him and like that, but he was like a, the worst I've ever seen of like, he wasn't even just holding a spot. He just like, got blocked off of every spot ever. Like he he wasn't even a guy who you're like, look, he just takes up a lane and like an Evan Hudson, but like he doesn't make tackles, but like at least like he's there. Like Tamani was just like constantly moving laterally attached to a fucking
3: lineman
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's quite an image.
3: <laughs> uh yeah I mean there you can't
2: yeah.
4: Uh, uh, I, one area of concern is, like, ZTF. You know, you look at his totals, he had
2: two tackles. I didn't see much of him the it, last two games at all. I, I I mean, he's Trice was listed as the starter, too, right, in the depth chart. It's like Trice yeah. or ZTF, but Trice is first, and Trice has gotten way more reps. And, honestly, he looks better. I mean, it's possible they're just trying to save ZTF for uh, – you know they're they're saving him for the real games, but uh, they don't really want to see how people see, you know how how what he's back to or not. But yeah, he has not gotten a ton of reps, and when he's been out there, he hasn't been super impressive. I, I mean, my Twitter guy was saying that uh, <laughs> uh, the staff doesn't necessarily love like in their defensive scheme, like VPF is. Not the kind of guy that they re- they don't really have a spot for him. Like they're more into bigger kind of like bigger DNs and smaller linebackers, and he's kind of somewhere between that. But that's my Twitter guy, so I don't. I'm just kind of but you know, prop- yeah. The, the
4: the truncated season of 2020 with only the four games, uh, rep the north and all that. Um, but ZTF was like you know, it was we were hyping him as like the next Lawrence Taylor basically. Um So it's interesting that DeBoer can be very mum's the word and close to the vest when it comes to injuries. I'm sure you guys have noticed that. Um, He's not going to really disclose much of anything. Um, So it's possible one of your theories there might be true there, Willie. Uh, But I'm guessing it's just that he's just doesn't fit in quite right or is just not up to, not up to uh, speed.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's also a guy who's mostly just going to be valuable in like third and long and, I mean, in those two games, that wasn't really like... Mm -hmm. It's not that... That that wasn't that valuable of a a situation or down that often. I mean, you really want to use a guy who has injury problems uh, when you don't really need him, which I guess one factor to think about, too, is if the crowd is going to show up. You know? We we haven't had a a big Husky Mm -hmm. home game in so long, particularly also a non-conference one, where, you know, especially it felt like they had a chance to win, and the crowd is so, I have no idea how many people are going to be there and how many of them are going to be Michigan State, but uh, especially if Michigan State kind of has what I think is a not that great quarterback, that could, if the crowd is there and they they stay in the game, they keep it close, that, that could make, that's going to be an interesting factor as well. Uh, and if it allows them to, like, Michigan State's predictable, uh, and they really force, they can really, you know, get gun on those runs and not have to worry about as much of a you know, him audibly, audibly over the top or something or keeping him rattled. So, yeah, that could be – that could quietly be a factor. We just have not thought about it for so long. And I think it's uh, the general to, uh, oh, sorry. Going, no, back
1: sorry ZTF, go ahead. going back to ZTF. Going back to ZTF. I wonder how many um, – I wonder how many guys have had like a, you know, Torn Achilles, you know, and have came back to be what they were previous. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, we, we mm-hmm. mentioned Lawrence Taylor. I mean, he was done after he tore his Achilles. I mean, that's that's what ended his career. Uh,
4: that's a different era, though, in regards to medical prowess. I, yeah, I, I, I know but,
1: that, but but I hear you. But you know, I, I mean, Sher- I mean, Richard Sherman wasn't. You know, Richard Sherman wasn't – he was still pretty good when he went to – because he blew his Achilles and then uh, then he was in San Francisco the next year. You know, and I mean, it was, you know, um, I mean, he was still pretty – he was still pretty pretty good for San Francisco, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't what we remember him as. Um, you know, I, I – Had that horrible turf in Arizona there. Yeah, yeah, I know, that house of horrors. Um, yeah, the, uh, I, I don't know, like the, you know, the, the fans, uh, showing up next week, you know, um, I mean, you, you brought up 2020, it's like a, uh, you know, like a, like a saying, uh, we, you know, it's kind of a saying at, at, you know, job, you know, a couple jobs I've had where, um, you know, you need to ask a question to a supervisor. You can't get a hold of the supervisor and you're like, well, if they don't care, then we don't care. Right. You know, we'll just do what we do or figure it out or whatever. It's like, yeah, if, uh, if the athletic department doesn't care, why the fuck should we care? I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, there's people on our boards that basically say that, you know, Mm -hmm. they don't fucking care. Why should we care? You know, Jen. Yeah. Hey, Oregon rep the North. Yeah. Fuck you. You know, if if you, if you don't care as much as we care, like, we'd never fucking say that,
4: you know? And I just, I want to jump in and say, because some listeners might be going, what are they talking about? So we're talking about how the Huskies just kind of conceded so much. We only played four games, and then we, we won the North, but we have a COVID breakout amongst some offensive linemen. Some reports said it was every offensive lineman. I don't know. Um, yeah. And instead of us... Instead of Cohen trying to uh, rally everybody and appeal to the Pac-12, hey, let's push back the conference championship game one week so we can participate. She just rolled over, and then uh, Oregon goes, and then and then we're you know her and and Jimmy Lake are tweeting rep the North stuff and and making comments in the media about you know go Oregon basically. So that's what we're talking about to the listeners out there that don't understand. So sorry to interrupt Joey, but I, I know some people out there wouldn't know what we were talking about.
1: Well, no. And, and then, you know, it, it, it was from the, you know, all the way to the top, you know, the the conference, the conference didn't want to play that year. They did not want to play. And then they, right. they got caught with their tail between their legs that they were going to be the only con- mountain West was going to play. Mac was planned. Everybody was playing and the pack and the pack 12 was just like yeah we're you know we're we're not going to play we're going to go with the big ten and then the big ten just completely fucking <laughs> reneged on on them you know and and you just say you just say hey if they don't fucking care why should the fans care they right. they wanted to they wanted to kill the whole season you know if they don't fucking care why should why should we care and you know we're going to slowly we we seriously i, I we, we may sp- speak too soon. They they probably lucked their asses into a fucking amazing coaching hire. She probably Impossible. completely lucked her ass into an amazing coaching hire. And it may save the fucking program. You know, but we could slowly turn into Cal where we're just, we're rooting for COVID instead of fucking football, you know, in 2020. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You know, you know everybody but the football team is fucking rooting. You know the fucking COVID cheerleader instead of you know foot you know football fan of football. You know, let's never forget. Cal Stanford are fucking like they're done. You know they're gonna they're gonna be filled up with Big Ten fans. You know when they move over to the Big Ten with uh, with Washington and Oregon, they're gonna be filled with fucking Big Ten fans.
4: Yep. And let's not forget, on top of all that, the uh, the cherry on top of the Sunday was that um, Cohen rolled out the uh, Are You All In Challenge to the Husky fans.
1: Yeah. All in on what? Yeah. You're not all in. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. So, I mean, it
4: was, you know, and people were writing me... Uh, and posting on the boards talking about their situation where not that the UW was having a massive lack of integrity with it, but they were kind of doing a little bit of rope and dope with the uh, refund policy. If you don't respond to us within whatever it was, you know, 18 days or something, then we're keeping your money. And and I I just, I didn't like that kind of thing. So. Yeah. But I know they've got their bottom line, and I'm sure that it's uh, a severe challenge, but you know, that's where integrity comes in, I guess. But
1: <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen the Rose Bowl the last two weeks? Ooh. Boy, do
4: you, do you mean the quality of the turf, or what do you mean?
1: It's like or you turnout. mean the fan. the fan
4: turnout? Oh yes, 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 yes.
1: Bad. Well, what were they the first week? Twenty twenty thousand or something?
4: It didn't even look and, that much.
1: Well, and even Wilner, even Wilner said, you know, he he thinks it was more like eighteen in the in the fucking Rose Bowl. Um, and if UW was running what, that though, they announced crowd sixty eight thousand. <laughs> I mean, if if that's what's scanned, I mean, you know, they go by what's scanned, right? They go by what, how many tickets were scanned?
2: They're supposed I mean, to, I like, they think. I have I, no I idea know, how they actually... I think they try to think about whatever... <laughs> I think they try to think of whatever the highest number is they could realistically, you know, <laughs> in some way ever explain, like if someone like, really was like, <laughs> we're going to yeah. audit you, that's the number they go with. And, like, they could. I'm sure they have some way they could be like, yeah, they probably scanned a bunch of fake tickets or they invited a bunch of people fucking... Boys and Girls Clubs or some shit, and then they're like, yeah, they were there. Uh, it, I always think they can just, yeah, just estimate whatever the biggest number they think they can get away with is. They've got Vince
1: McMahon doing their uh, their, their uh, uh, capacity, you know, where he bumps it up 20,000 20, people. That's a WrestleMania 3 yeah. reference, but, you know. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: so do you guys just to shift back to washington uh, and Michigan state real quick, do you think Michigan state is viewing us right now the way that we would view uh Beavlet or something like that what do you <laughs> how do you think they're viewing us That's i a
3: think very good i question. think the
1: uh okay I think the fans are uh apollo creed and uh the I bet the the coaching staff is is uh Paul Creed's trainer in Rocky 1. <laughs> Be- best scene in the movie when uh when uh Rocky's, you know, beating up the uh the meat, you know, the the fucking uh the slabs of meat in the fridge and the trainer's the trainer's looking at the uh the TV and he's watching it and he's like, "Champ, champ, you got to come look at this." And he's like, Yeah, no, yeah, whatever, man. I'm going to beat this tomato can or whatever, you know." And and uh, the trainer's watching Rocky and he's going, holy shit, we're uh, we're kind of fucked if he doesn't, you know, if if I don't wake up my uh, my fighter here, we're, you know, he's in for a serious fight. So I, I bet Michigan State fans are like, oh, they were a four and eight team last year. They got blown out by Michigan, and we always beat Michigan, you know, and and I don't think they realize, you know, the internal, uh, you know, like the internal struggle that of what was last year, you know. <laughs>
4: And that manifested itself when Alex Cook emotionally uh, awarded the game ball on behalf of the players to uh to DeBoer last week.
1: Yeah, uh also I mean look look how many players actually transferred out and
3: mm-hmm. continue mm-hmm, to yeah.
1: stick it out too. Like
3: uh impressive. I thought there was going to be a
1: ma- yeah, I thought there was going to be a mass exodus, but I think I think even some of the players that were kind of Team Jimmy last year are probably, they probably now see, you know, how how fractured of a program it was. Mm-hmm. And I think this coaching staff, I think this coaching staff is like so level-headed and, uh, uh, but also, um, I don't know, you can tell, when when you'd listen to Peterson, you know when they'd talk about the fan base and you know we need this place loud, he wouldn't even say it with like some you know he wouldn't be like you know yeah we need the yeah we need the fans here and they need to come out it was almost like a you know it was a the bane of his existence to to beg yes. for the fans to come to a game you know was, uh, or beneath him somehow yeah it was beneath him or and he couldn't even just fake his way through it. You know, and and I don't know if I don't know if DeBoer is, you know, real about it or whatever. But you know, he's I I think he's like just a I think he's like an a, you know appreciative guy to to be in this position and knows that everything everything means you know something here. Like he's that he's he's the uh, he's brought back the most alumni to speak you know, he's welcomed all alumni. He says, you're all welcome because you're all a part of this. I mean, everything you've read and, and uh, everything you've read and heard from him, you almost sit there and think like, God, is it, is it just like, is it too good to be true right now? Is it, you know, is it phony? But, but then everything you read from everything you read or hear from everywhere he's been, this is exactly how he is. You know, it's, you know, the fact that Michael Penix is like, yeah, I'm entering the portal and uh, this is where I'm going to go. I'm going to go play for him. You know, it's like.
4: And, and happily,
1: yeah. Happily. Comes over and he looks like, you know, I mean, I, uh, from all indications, he was like a broken quarterback without Devore. you know. So, yeah, and, and uh, the coaching staff, they all follow him. They're all like, yeah, you know, you know, uh what's his name, morell? He was, you know, he's a head coach and an athletic director at, I don't know, Montana, I think it was Montana Tech. It's like, he could probably stay there for 50 years and be a coach and an AD there. He'd fit in great, but he's like, uh, yeah, Kalen, you know, I had an opportunity to go coach with Kalen, you know, again, and, and I couldn't turn it down. Yeah. And that was like his direct quote. You know, I, I had an opportunity to coach with Kalen again, and I couldn't turn it down it's like wow okay i i've got like this huge amount of respect for this guy in in such a short period of time so
3: and
4: the thing i think to sum up how i feel and i sense you guys are the same on this is that it's like de is he's tough and he has high standards that he expects the players to live up to but at the same time there's humanity there and he's and he's ruined for the kids individually and I feel like I, I'm not basing this on anything I've heard, but it's just I get a sense there's very much an approachability there. That that if somebody had a real problem, they would not hesitate to go talk to him about it.
1: Have you wa- have you watched them all? on The have you just paid attention on whenever they show the sideline shots? Like he's, I mean, he's I, like, I think I like have. Hugging, yeah, he's like hugging oh, yeah, players yeah. like during games. Like have you watched Inge. Inge is, like, hugging receivers and, like, joking around with running backs. It's like, he, you know, he's a – you know, he's, like, the defensive coordinator. You know, it's it, – I, I don't know. They just yes. have, like, this whole, like, vibe of this whole team. Like, you know, of course – uh, Yeah, what's the uh, – what's the receiver's coach? Jamarcus Shepard. Yeah. yeah. He's, like, he's, like, fucking jumping and, and uh, you know – you know, high fiving and doing all this shit with with every player. Like he's like, you know, they're 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 all like they're all just like happy for every position. You know, it's not like you know you just right. have a receiver coach bumping into the receivers. You know, and then they run back and they get in their little clicky huddle and that's it. Like like I've watched Inge both both games. He's like he's like yucking it up with with like. It, any any sort of player, it's like, I was like, man, this shit's kind of cool, you know, they've got a now, whole team, family vibe going. The important thing to say, though, is like,
4: during the Sark years, you'd see that too, but it was a different thing. It was like this, it was like a, it was like a juvenile type of vibe to it somehow, is the best way I can describe it. And it's, and it's, because you could say well why did you criticize it when the new uh, new <laughs> why were you criticizing it when the Sark guys were doing it and i was like well it's it felt like we had teenagers coaching teenagers back then and it it uh, to say the adults are in charge is an overused expression these days but um but they they're leaders but they're able to reach out and, and uh, it seems like from our perspective they're able to to reach out and really um uh, connect with these kids, and so that's that's great to see.
1: I thought Wooly do in for a minute. <laughs> I mean, didn't
3: know if I it was one the of those things are, where he dropped
4: off twelve minutes ago and we didn't know it. <laughs> he, he left to catch a plane or something. But
2: I haven't dropped off yet. <laughs> but no, I, I the vibes <laughs> have always been. I got this new. I went to pick up food. I got this new fucking thing where at, like, sushi places, they, like, won't give you extra soy sauce or something now, like, I literally told the fucking bitch, I was like, I'll pay you. And then they're like, uh, no, maybe I can give stuff, like, three to you. Like, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> what is, like, what is the deal with that? I don't know, it's totally, uh, that's my rant. Sorry, I didn't, that's totally unrelated. Well, maybe maybe
4: you're breaking maybe you're breaking news here that the US government's rationing soy
2: sauce now. <laughs> I don't
1: know what it is. <laughs>
3: like the last five times You heard like it here first. Five,
2: yeah. The last five times I've like been that it's been like it's been like a weird vibe about it where it's like, I don't know, maybe there's a secret. But no, I uh uh opposite, I like the vibe of uh I like the vibe of uh you know, the staff and everything. I think they uh uh, I mean, made, made it from day day one. I can't remember. How I talked about it on the podcast, but I think I heard what you get the vibe of when they're like the board is like calm and every day is the same for him, as opposed to Jimmy, who was like bouncing up the wall, or Sark, who was just like either way up or way down, and or drunk, or Peterson, who was always kind of snarly. Uh, but he was pretty he was pretty base, calm, but it was always kind of grumpy. Uh, I mean, it was like regular stuff. Yeah, it was like, but like with DeBoer, it's like it's what you want in a boss who's like someone who you know you feel you feel right about them, but then they're also you know they hold you accountable, but then they're also just you know what they're gonna be like and not freaked out like every time. The world's worst thing are the freaked out bosses who are just like always on edge and everything's gonna like send them through a wall because then you're like even if you're confident, you're like well I gotta go talk to. Jimmy and he's going to fucking lose his shit because like one thing happened.
4: Go slam is a 150 pound wide receiver against a locker.
2: uh, Sure. Yeah, Quentin Quentin pounds. I forgot about that. I forgot. I completely forgot
4: about that. Yeah. Quentin pounds. (laughs) Well, I guess we start as we start to wrap up, we can just take a look at the, the boards here. Uh, Postgame Orange Slices has a, a thread here where initially he was talking about it looks like Michigan State's the only ranked team on UW schedule but then it looks like the WSU and and Oregon are uh, somewhere around 24th to 25th I guess but um there's not many ranked teams on the horizon right now.
2: No, it's wide open. I mean, we've been saying it all along. Uh, I mean, based on the way that the defensive backs look, I don't think USC would be a very good matchup <laughs> uh, for, for, for Washington. <laughs> oh, unless, God, you know, no. I haven't seen USC's, de- only USC's defense has played anybody, so maybe they could try to win like Big 12 style, like 65 to 62, but I would. I don't think I would like uh, that matchup. But yeah, it's, it's wide open, as we said. I mean, the good thing is it could be like last year where it was like, you know, the Huskies had you know, two first-round-level quarterbacks, but it didn't fucking matter because uh, the Pac-12 quarterbacks were so terrible. Uh, and what you really wanted to be was a team that could just grind it out and stop the run like Utah, and that's all that really mattered. So uh, I don't know how that matchup is going to play out this year, but, I, I, I mean, it, it definitely looks good for the Huskies, I mean especially regardless of what happens against Michigan State. I mean, in conference uh, – there's nothing that scary
1: in the uh in the uh uh, someone explained this to me segment of mine of the week tanner mckee someone explained to me the media's love affair with tanner mckee he's on like you know like mel kuyper's big board uh uh, like Wilner's saying that he's the second or third best quarterback in the conference. And it's like, what, what did I miss with this guy last year? What did I, the, the quarterback from Stanford, McKee, the, Tanner McKee, right?
2: Yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. Tanner, he had a good game against USC. He,
1: he didn't have a good game, right?
2: I think he had a really bad game from what I saw.
1: I've I've never seen him have a have a game where where you're like oh this guy's this guy's uh, this guy's a real deal. I, I don't you know what am I missing with this guy? I, I uh, he looks I very pedestrian
4: it. when I see him play.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's very pedestrian. <laughs> I, I remember saying this about Zach Wilson after uh, you know. A, you know, me and Hay kind of had a little brief thing on the board about it. Like, in 2019, it was like, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson. I was like, what? What What about Zach Wilson was I supposed to be, you know, seriously impressed with? He had his big year in 2020, apparently, but it was like, dude, he played an NFL. He played an NFL secondary in 2019, and he basically threw it to his tight end, that was covered by a cornerback all game because they just stuck Keith Taylor on that tight end all game, and the tight end had a good game, but it was yeah he was out physically in a, a corner, and other than that BYU couldn't really do much that whole game. So yeah, I don't know they just, I, some of these players they get anointed and 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 you're like what what am I missing with this what 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 do i not see you know spencer fucking rattler like what these guys they get they get anointed as great i don't i don't get it
4: well i mean jake locker had something like a I, forgive me if the number's wrong but his career win loss was something like 14 and 27 or whatever and uh, yeah, he ends up in the, the
1: great jake locker. <laughs> and
4: he ends up in the husky hall of fame you know, so <laughs> you, you once you you know, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's never the message; it's always the messenger, right? So, yeah, yeah, the dynamic of cult, of personality and stuff. We have there's one thread here on Hardcore Husky started by DNC, and it was talking about uh, Mount Rainier is uh, threatening to blow, and so this was somehow divine proof that UW finally hired the right coach. And then there was uh, speculation along the way here about which uh, virgin poster from Hardcore Husky we're going to sacrifice into the volcano. And then at the end of the thread, (laughs) there's this big argument about Crocs and sandals, and uh, (laughs) it it devolved pretty badly. So I, anything else from Hardcore Husky, you guys? from the week or from today or anything you want to uh, mention or shout out or anything before we close things out?
2: I don't have anything, now. No, I'm good. Looks like uh,
4: we need to mention Sway or he's going to post a GIF and threaten not to listen to the podcast anymore. GIF, GIF, whatever. Um, I, it looks like Fetters, Nacho Lover bought himself an Airstream for real. So he'll have some Labam <laughs> La stories.
1: Nice. So, <laughs> I got all right. I, well, uh, yeah, I got I got a I got a uh, little shout out. Uh, so when we had uh, we had Dougals was on the pod. He was uh, yeah. He was a little angry. He was a little angry. We weren't. We weren't uh, uh, all the way in on Deboner because uh, you know some of us were you know had Campbell above Deboner so shout out to him I should have been more into it as you were but <laughs> but uh you know we know more now than you know than we did then so you know about Deboner so yeah and chill and, and you yeah. can chill out a little bit we did predict that they would hire DeBoer, too so you know when Jimmy got fired or we had a coaching search so we did predict that Jen would settle on DeBoner.
2: I thought like we were seeing that before Would they fire even fired Kimmy.
1: Yeah, well yeah, 'cause I knew DeBoer Bo- De Debor would be I knew he would be the hot the like the hot commodity on the West Coast. So I but think we was, uh, I think
4: Yeah, our, I don't think our focus was so much I think I'm speaking for us. I don't think it was so much that we were pinpointing about Debor as much as we were Jaded enough to say, "Of course, we're not going to get the guy we want. We're going to end up landing on the Fresno guy." I think that's what we were thinking.
1: Yeah, but even, I, I mean, even before that, like, uh, I, I don't, uh, I don't know. I I don't have time to do it, but somebody can go go back and listen to it and shit on whatever I'm about to say. I don't, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we were like, we were like, hey, if they get the Fresno guy, that's a good, that's a good fucking hire. Cause, you know, I, I remember him, uh, I remember thinking like, this guy's gonna be the, the hot guy, you know, on the West Coast. Well, like, every team's gonna want him if they fire their coach, so.
4: Well, I mean, because there was a, several times I was posting the, why don't we go out and get the uh, South Dakota State coach and his AD that have done nothing but win national championships every year and bring that culture in. And I think I only North made Dakota. one post about it. What, was it North Dakota, not South Dakota? N-
1: North Dakota State. The Bison? Yeah, the Bison, yeah. Uh, okay. South Dakota you're, you're State right. is you're, the Jack. Is the jackrabbit. You're right. They got a I good, blew that. they got a yeah. decent program, too.
4: Right. But not the same level. But yeah, no. uh, you're you're absolutely right. Thank you. Um, and, and so that I, I did make one post about it. But when we got DeBoer, and you looked at his background, and you looked at the success that he had had as a head coach at Sioux Falls, and you know, and then uh, and then after being a coordinator, and then taking over at Fresno State, and it's like we 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 kind of we did go that route in a different way. And uh, you know, so far so good. So we didn't bring an AD with the, (laughs) that was my whole dream package was bring the whole North Dakota state crew out here and give them five years. But, um, so anyways, that, that was the point that I was coming from was uh, just looking at his background, but not knowing all that much about him that I was like, I think I used the word cautious, cautiously optimistic, but, but, you know, I was on the Campbell bandwagon for a few weeks there. That's for sure.
2: I think we all were. I think, uh, yeah, I think throwing in with the DeBoer, I, I feel like from day one, uh, me and Joey's conversation was always like, it's going to be probably be DeBoer or Wilcox, and it needs to be DeBoer because you can't have another coach, have to have a coach that can coach offense. Uh, and that's kind of what I think ended up happening. And, uh, so far, of what we've seen this season and, you know, two meaningless games, you know, DeBoer's offense has been lights out and Justin Wilcox sits toward fucking 20 against UNLV. <laughs> perennial, perennial punching <laughs> bag UNLV. Uh, so I'm, for now I'm happy with that. And Matt Campbell, I guess they beat, beat Iowa last week, but I was talking with some other college football fans uh with weekend? They're like, yeah, like it, it seems like the guy doesn't didn't want the job, the harder job. He wanted that, so like he wanted the David Shaw way of you know cashing checks and being comfortable. And that's not really who you want if you're
4: yeah, but trying to build. You're, it. you're making it. I agree with you, but you're making a a, a broad brush assumption there that that's what it was. And, and like I said on the boards once, maybe he and his wife just didn't want to live in Seattle, you know.
2: Well, I mean that's yeah. that's part of it to me too. Though I mean, if you really are a diehard coaching, you don't, you'll be like, I'll live in I'll live in Kuwait if I can, you know. Coach college football <laughs> at the highest level that I can. I mean, I, that is, yeah, you. Okay, want, but
4: now, <laughs> if, if, I'm sorry to interrupt, but if you're if you're sitting there though, and then you're reach if you're Campbell and you're reaching out to people in the business that you know, and okay, so like I remember. Um, when when I was writing the Don James book and he reached out to people when he was at Kent State and people that multiple people that he respected said Washington is a place where you can win a national championship and, and then and he was like okay that's that seals it then and then so Campbell might be reaching out to people and they'd be going uh, you want to work for Jen Cohen you think that that's a step up yeah it's very possible that that kind of conversation took place and, and, and it cooled its jets on
2: that it's possible well, it's mm-hmm. pretty hard because yeah, uh, you, your your point is right. If I don't, I don't know what actually fucking happened. So it's a total assumption. Where I am pretty, sh- I do have a good feeling that there was a good chance it could have been Deboer or Wilcox, and Deboer was the right choice. And part of the choice was that he could coach offense, and Washington desperately needs to have an exciting offense on top of just winning games. Uh, in the present, present, in the present day.
4: Now watch us beat Michigan State nine to six.
3: Hey, I'll I'll take it. Uh, I'll fucking take it. I'll <laughs> take it right now. Yeah,
2: I'll take it. Uh, if it's a know, touchdown I, and a
1: safety, I'll take it. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah, that was the greatest thing. Like there, there was the Iowa beat. Iowa would be like, it was like South Dakota state, they have scored seven points, but it was like a field goal and two safety. <laughs> yeah. The hard way. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, I feel good about the bore. I've always felt good. uh, And I think we'll, we'll know a lot more about how we'll feel, you know, on, on Sunday next week.
4: All right. Well, I think on that note, we can call it a wrap.
0: Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes. Especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun over at hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which which is a shit show of politics and strange nudes. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level, level of cyber
4: peyote, peyote,
0: come join Swain's Wigwam. <laughs> I'm gonna have to read this over. Swain's
4: Wigwam, yeah.
0: Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low low fee of 129 dollars a year. Come join the fun. I'll have to that one, but.